So this is No Sold, episode 23. This could be the well, GOAT episode, it. because it's Michael 23. Mm-hmm. There we go. So ECW, we're going to talk all about ECW highs and lows today. And I, I cannot talk about this company without my, my guys here. It's Rocco Rock and Johnny Grunge, public yes. enemy. Here you guys are Let's coming go. in. The hoodies. You wanna, do you want to do the thing or? Yeah, right. <laughs> there they are. Here we are. And Legends. we're talking all Legends. And since we're on the subject of ECW, let's not forget our manager, the sexiest man alive, Jason. <laughs> there he is. There I am. One of, I mean, he was the Malcolm Stokely Hathaway of his time. <laughs> Stokely. Yeah. Stokely Hathaway the, uh, never won the ECW Television Championship, pal. True, true story. story. True story, Jenks. So we're going to talk all about ECW. Frank, what led to this conversation? Or was this just a random generated topic? <laughs> yeah, just let's do ECW finally, just because we want to talk about ECW. Come on, man. Yeah. There's no way Born we could segue. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Exactly. Is there any other wrestling company that has like such a diehard, like little fan base for such a short run? You know what I mean? Like there's nothing quite like ECW love that it gets. Well, there has never been a company with the meteoric rise and then subsequent fall like ECW. I would say yeah. that because I think there are a lot of loyal fan bases like CZW fans were crazy for CZW sure. and Ring of Honor, yeah. but like people still, you know, when there's a chair shot, when yeah. somebody goes through a table, what do they chant? They're not chanting anything else but ECW. So I think they definitely left their mark, you know, true story. And you talked about it, Frank, in our backyard, literally, like as far as, as us, 15 minutes from us, roughly, South Philadelphia, we've all been to the arena. Um, Duke, you and I been to ECW shows back then. We saw some big moments. Um, I remember watching, correct me if I'm wrong, was it Channel 48? Yeah, Channel yep. 48. Okay. I was trying, Channel 48, random times, usually Friday nights or Saturday nights. Yeah, Friday like, night, 10, p- 10 p.m. I used to watch that loyally. Yep. Okay. Yep. And they would do some of those shows. Um, I guess it was like hardcore TV or mm-hmm. whatever it was. And they would do those shows. I loved the editing. I loved like the the handheld cam stuff, mm-hmm. like the, the static the transitions. Static. Yeah. Way, a really cool way to present a show like we've never seen before. So revolutionary. So the point is we, right here in Philly, we, we grew up around it. These guys probably bigger fans of it than me but in doing my kind of like racking my brain this week my research or whatever i realized man i was in on a lot of this stuff and i damn mm-hmm. sure paid attention to it and i was a fan so we're gonna get into ecw um like you said duke ahead of its time in some ways revolutionary the rebel promotion definitely influential because uh, eventually we saw wwf at the time and wcw take their vision and start to infuse it into their shows we would see companies after like czw xpw these mm-hmm. like you know rebel indie promotions try to add in that sort of a hardcore violence mm-hmm. uh and and ecw probably admittedly so got a lot of their inspiration maybe duke from fmw do you think sure or sure i mean you know they certainly weren't 
the first you know promotion to ever do hardcore wrestling yeah ultra violent yeah Yeah, they just in my opinion perfected it Mm -hmm. and they they found the balance they found the balance exactly yeah yep and that's a good point because I wanted to talk about how even now AEW displays some characteristics of ECW's formula, like by infusing some of the like the hardcore ultraviolet stuff. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. they do the balance because I think it was you, Frank, or I always hear this now, but it's like buffet style wrestling where you get mm-hmm. everything like ECW did give you those banger technical matches, the high oh, yeah. flying, the luchadors, the the promos the character stories mm-hmm. and then the hardcore. So mm-hmm. much like AEW now, I guess they did a good job yeah, with the bounce, but um, really quick. So ECW wasn't extreme championship wrestling right off the bat. It was, a, it was a company, I guess, Eastern championship wrestling, Eastern. Todd Gordon, he was involved, but by 93, Paul Heyman, took the creative uh, reins from, I guess it was Eddie Gilbert who was doing the stuff for Eastern championship yeah, wrestling, yeah. changed it to extreme. I wanted to just give a quick little backstory. We're going to talk about all little like highs and lows of the company. We cannot recap the company in one episode. Maybe we'll do like a full year recap eventually break down mm-hmm. a specific year or greatest matches, whatever. But for this yeah. one, we want to just talk about some highs and lows and just have a conversation about ECW. And um, from the mid nineties to 2001, it pretty much shook up the wrestling world. So mm-hmm. I want to ask you guys, you talked about it, you watched on channel 48. Do you remember your first time watching or what was the, like a moment that got you to say like the Joey Styles reaction, like the, Oh my God, mm-hmm. I want to throw well, you mine. I, I remember the bam, bam, toss and spike. Yeah. Into like, the well, crowd. For me, it was actually not even like a match that I'd seen or was watching. It was, you know how they would like hype their like VHS that you could buy or yep. whatever their tape. And it was like Chris Benoit breaks Sabu's neck. You know what yep. I mean? And it was like, oh, or like the night Kimono Wanale. Yes. I of hear that in my arena, you know, yep. like yep. those things like yep. made, I forgot about I remember that. being a kid and I'm yep. a kid too. I'm talking, I'm probably nine years old, 10 years old <laughs> watching, you know, watching <laughs> some of this stuff. So it's like, I'm seeing it and I'm just like, you know, it was the company, and a lot of people said this. They were like, you know, all that WWE shit is fake, but in ECW, it's yep. real, you know? Yep. And, like, that was, like, mm-hmm. the impression, especially as a dumb kid. I was just like, this is this is the truth. I remember talking to kids in school, like, you don't watch it on Channel 48, you know? And it's, like, <laughs> crazy. There's girls. There's crazy violence, you know, and all this. That's, so, like, that's, like, my earliest. I remember just somehow catching it on Channel 48 because I didn't have cable, right? So, for me, pro wrestling, I couldn't watch Raw. Like, that's why I was, like, a SmackDown guy because I didn't have cable mm-hmm. growing up. Um, so, you know, I couldn't watch those Raws and like a channel 48 would have that. And I would watch like velocity on like some other channel, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like that were available mm-hmm. to I me. I love velocity. Yeah. So like I was able to become an ECW fan because it was one of the consistent shows that I had where I saw cool stuff, you know? That's great. So I was 14 Duke. Uh, do you remember the first time you kind of caught a glimpse of, and I guess I should add, did you watch any Eastern championship some oh, yeah. guys like Snooka was around in there. Yeah. There were some like big names. I believe Terry oh, yeah. Funk before it was yeah. ECW Extreme. So do you remember catching on? So obviously ECW originated in Philadelphia. If you grew up in Philadelphia with the TV that you used to turn the little <laughs> yeah. dial for, you would know that there were like some random channels in there. I don't know if you guys remember like 23 and 52. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And like Channel 48. 
And I've been obsessed with wrestling since I was like seven years old. And I would always check those channels. That's mm -hmm. how I found Bill Watts, UWF back in the day. And one, maybe it was a Friday night. I don't know what, I don't know when Eastern Championship Wrestling was on, but I, I found ECW. And it was like Road Warrior Hawk, who <laughs> I always loved. And like Snooker and like guys like this, like former, you know, big names in this, yeah. you know, smaller company. And honestly, any wrestling that I saw, I would consume it. So I just always tuned in, you know, whenever it was available. And like you said, Terry Funk was there. The Sandman, when the Sandman wasn't, he was oh, yeah, yeah. wearing a beach bomb. Yeah, he was right. Server, and like Iron beach Man, bomb. Tommy Cairo, and mm, the Suicide wow, yeah. Blondes, and Tommy Dreamer and Johnny Gunn, when Tommy Dreamer was like this clean cut yeah. dude, you know, like so. I mean, I don't remember exactly which match or whatever, but I remember watching Eastern Championship Wrestling, and then we'll talk about how it eventually evolved yeah. into well, yeah. Extreme Championship Wrestling. We're going to get into that, but I do remember um, seeing this week, Don Morocco yeah. Uh, yeah. was yeah. part of that, and that blew my mind. It's like There's a so many zone. names that like I'm forgetting, but like yeah. the more you Did you mention them, Tito like, Santana? Oh, yeah. No, nope. you... there you yeah, go. Tito, yeah, Tito Santana, another one. yeah. yeah. Yep. Another one, Jim the Anvil. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. So I, I want to bring up, first of all, Paul Heyman, I only glossed over the fact that he took over the booking reins from um, from Eddie Gilbert, but definitely one of the most innovative minds wrestling. The wrestling business without him, uh, I don't know what it would look like. You know, I mean, it, it really would be different. It would have never got the edge. And like he really gave viewers – fresh content uh, mm -hmm. i got i can't say enough about him duke you put him over last week like with his uh, nuances during the roman reigns match and stuff and um even still he's so great but i, I just uh, so real quick just to touch on Heyman, because you know we can all just talk about him for hours on end but like we're talking about 1993 you know a company that he took over it's 2022 and this guy's involved in the biggest angle in the WWE, just to give you an idea of his longevity and his just talent, man. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's really incredible. And a guy that started out as a Mark, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Photographer. I think, um, yep. uh, he was just, he was, uh, persistent to get into this business that yep. he loved and he pushed all of his chips in, I guess you could say when he kind of took over and he was doing stuff, I guess, before this, right? Like with um, with Steve Austin and Rick Rude and WCW. Was this right around that time? Oh, yeah, even before that. Like he so, started yeah. with, I'm pretty sure his first team was the Samoan SWAT team. Oh, yeah, for sure. Super cool because yeah. like, here we go, Bloodline. Like Bloodline runs Rikishi deep. is on that team and mm -hmm. his sons are now in the Bloodline, which is just so cool. Mm -hmm. And then after that... um. I can't remember actually if the Midnight Express came before or after the Simone SWAT team, but Jim Cornette's Midnight Express mm -hmm. were the good guys. And then Paulie brought in Dennis Condry and Randy Rhodes, and they were the original Midnight Express. So right. I think that was his first team. And then they left, and then he brought in the Simone SWAT team. But the Dangerous Alliance. There, yeah, was, that, was, that was probably like... a year or so later. Okay, and that, but it was like a year or two before he took over ECW. I'm assuming, yeah, yeah, or, yeah. Or right around that. Yeah, probably but, like two years. 
Yeah. But dude, he's just a master. He's he's yeah. just so great. We're gonna keep probably going back to the Paul Heyman um like genius vision influence because it's not like a term the term gets thrown around a lot, but he's a legit wrestling savant, I think, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um let's talk about how it became extreme because it was August 27th, 94. And that's when Shane Douglas won a tournament. He became the NWA champion, the same NWA title uh, that is held now by uh, Tyrus. If you guys are interested in the lineage oh, of yeah. uh, how that's aged, but you know, which uh, proves the- how right Shane Douglas was at that time, right? Because it's like it hasn't gotten better for any of these guys. You if know, you haven't the- seen that promo, mm-hmm. treat yourself. So this I, promo- I watched that promo recently, and it's it's good. I'll give. So Shane Douglas, I'm a fan of him, but one thing about him that I always disliked is that in his promos, he tends to curse a lot. Yeah. And it's just cheap heat. <laughs> but in this one, like like Frank said, like he says, the NWA title, like this hasn't meant anything in years. Mm-hmm. Like but go on, John. It, it's a it's yeah. a very good promo and you should absolutely check it out. Yeah, if you're gonna check out you know, three or four things from ECW's history. You got to see where it started. And that promo, a passion, we talk about it all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he was, you know, frustrated genuinely with Absolutely. like his place in the wrestling business because he's had so many stints before this. You yeah. know what I mean? A dynamic dudes, you go down the list. I think, I mean, he was a jobber or, you know, an enhancement guy in WWF before he be- went back as Dean Douglas. Like, mm-hmm. he was Back-team around. Champion with Ricky Steamboat, though. That's true. He got a lot of shots, a lot of chances, but yeah. this one, so he won the NWA title. He was Luthez, Harley Race, go down the list, Terry Funk, Ric Flair. But instead of like kind of enjoying the moment and relishing in it, he turned it into that infamous promo and he denounced the NWA, right, Frank? And then re, I guess, christened it mm-hmm. uh, as the extreme because he held the ECW yeah, yeah. Championship. Well, mm-hmm. He title. throws the belt down, right? He goes, Harley yep. Race. He saw these people. Somebody even yells, Rick Steamboat. He goes, Rick Steamboat. He goes, they could all kiss my ass. And yep. tosses the belt to the ground. Yep. And like you see, so like, you know, we'll get into these guys, but like the the classic ECW fans, like the hat guy or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. all these people, you see them go like, they're like, what's, yeah. what's happening? You know what I mean? Because yep. he just threw the NWA title and then he pulls out the, the Eastern Championship title. And it's like, you know, he crowns that the new world title that's significant ugly belt by the yeah, way terrible that belt. first one <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah organic but, uh, though organic moment or organic reaction and yeah. honestly like you see it now we just talked about on our wrap-up show um this week how a girl like nikki cross wants to dispose of the 24 <laughs> 7 title she missed the trash can you know we yeah. we buried that enough but oh, boy. um it's been duplicated since but and I'm sure that may have been done before this. Maybe you guys remember a time where someone um, took a title and like denounced it, like the history of that title. Or do, if you could think of it during the show, let me know. But yeah, um, this was like not just just, just thrown away a 24 seven title that was trash or yeah. a woman's like the NWA title in 1993 still meant a lot, especially when he's running off those names that you mentioned. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So he, you know, in he, fairness, though, it was dying, right? Like, sure, the, sure. The, the alliance wasn't a thing anymore. WCW had moved on, you know, so that yep. NWA belt became less prestigious. And, you know, you were seeing sure. more guys like, and, you know, by like Shane Douglas winning it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it, he wouldn't have been in that conversation in its heyday. So, you know, that belt was going down. And 
and it, it definitely buried it for the future as far as wrestling was concerned. It's, it still had know? that lineage, though. You know, it wouldn't yeah, be like yeah, now yeah. if, like, um, let's just say in AEW, let's just say, uh, you know, someone takes the Ring of Honor title, Ring of Honor title, and just destroys it. Right? It yeah. would be a big deal, but the NWA had that no, uh, for sure. prestige. So, no, but you're right. It was dying. It was a dying brand and mm -hmm. it did die at, for, for then at least because it was rechristened extreme championship wrestling. And it was a quick shift away from all that stuff. All those Jimmy Snook, as we mentioned, all those guys that were coming in for cups of coffee that changed. And we started to get the new breed like Shane Douglas, Sabu, Tommy Dreamer, mm -hmm. Sandman, Raven. We're going to get into all these guys that got a fresh start a fresh chance under Paul Heyman's yeah. vision. And you guys talked about uh, the hardcore TV, the channel 48, the way we started to see it, the rawness. Mm -hmm. um, I loved it. I wanted to talk about some of the things we loved and hated though, during this show. Hate's a strong word, but like some of the things that maybe didn't age as well, because there are things within this ECW run that were a little, I guess, you know, it's hard to stomach during a rewatch. Like when you see it, um, when you seek it out, you go down these rabbit holes. Some of the stuff with the vi like violence on women, which yeah. I have to mention because you can't really go too far into an ECW show sometimes without seeing it. WWF did way worse eventually. So like, it's not a pit, like they did way more worse, uh, like brutality and stuff like that. But the Beulah, like the breaking of her neck when the Dudleys did that, like the stuff that they yeah. were the Tommy Dreamer pile drivers. Do you guys remember seeing that? I only bring this up because, like, I remember seeing that for the first time, and that was jarring. Because remember when, like, Jake Roberts would grab Liz? He, like, kind of gave her a love tap smack. She sold it. That's the extent of mm -hmm. the man-on-woman yeah. stuff yeah. that I would see in wrestling. And then this yeah. was like, I'm going to pile drive you through a table. Yeah, you would see these girls get, like, murked, you know? I remember, yeah. like, later, like, Rhino goring Pete, some of these ladies. And you're like, jeez. You know, it's just, like, it's rough. But... In fairness, then you every once in a blue moon, these ladies had their moments as well. Beulah destroying Fonzie, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. In like a bloodbath, you know, and it's just like, you know, it I get it. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't hold up to today's like standards, you know what I mean? Of like what we think. But I guess I wanted to know if you were were jarred by it. Like, were you jarred by it, Duke, when you saw this stuff? Like, cause you've been watching wrestling and at that time and you were like, Yeah, I mean, I I don't know that. I was like, holy shit, they just did that to a yeah, woman. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, I know it's a work, but like, the one that really got me is when, uh, and I hate to laugh, but when Francine got total elimination, oh, I don't know gosh. if you guys ever yeah, saw yeah. that. Cause yeah. Oh, yeah. She was just a skinny little no. twig. Yep. And man, they really <laughs> murdered her with that. So, yeah, that Francine was, got brutal. Francine yeah, got brutal. You know, but that's why she's the queen of extreme, correctly. too, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, a pile driver if done correctly, like you're never gonna, mm -hmm. you know, early ECW. It's Tommy Dreamer pile drove um Sherry, yeah. and you know mm -hmm. Sherry's tougher than any dude you know. So like, yeah. but that Francine true. one was a little. uh And by the <laughs> way, never fucking hit a woman. I'm not condoning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, a yeah. it's a work. It's a work. It's right. a fake entertaining television show. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I wanted to talk about, like I said, some highs and lows. One of the highs I got to mention is because ECW let guys get that uh, freedom before. So we got to see certain guys before they became mega stars. They were already stars. But one thing I noted for highs is like Brian Pillman coming in real quick. 
Steve Austin coming in real quick. Mick mm-hmm. Foley coming in. I just threw those three names out, You, which top of the top legends. Um, you could even put Terry Funk back into this mix. But yeah, yeah. guys that could um, almost like reinvent themselves and be given mm-hmm. that um, platform. And we'll talk about some specifics if you guys want with like some of the promos. But what did you guys think of the ability Paul Heyman had and ECW had to like bring in these guys and just see? Obviously, he saw before we saw that these mm-hmm. dudes were next level. Yeah. I mean, it's like kind of like what we wish happens in modern day wrestling, right? Like when a guy leaves <clears throat> WWE and goes to AEW or wherever they go, you go, hopefully they use this dude, right? Hopefully that he gets to have the shine that he should have had or Paul Lee though. He really almost to another level, right? Cause not even guys like you hoped it, he would take guys that maybe you weren't convinced like a Raven <laughs> and turn him into one of like the most charismatic guys in wrestling, you know what I mean? And kind of very great storyteller too, especially for the time, um, you know, and like he was able to do that with so many guys, even little things like Tommy dreamer or Sandman, like we mentioned earlier, you know what I mean? Just like when under Paul Lee's vision, let them be a little more themselves. Doesn't have to be so by the book, you know, let them be a little creative with things. And there's so many, you can list them all. You can go on and on about guys, who never really Jerry Lynn, who never really did much, but then in that company they just went to another level, you know. And there's I don't know, there's something to Paulie's vision, you know, and like where we hope Tony Khan does something similar with a lot of guys he signs from WWE that were underutilized. Paulie did it, and he maximized. There's like not a lot of superstars on there, right? Because this is before Mick Foley's a huge star. Terry Funk was a legend, but he was old when he came in. But he reinvented himself even in that company. You know, it just was so good. Austin was a going to be a star. Pillman, I guess, was a star, but but Austin wasn't uh, guaranteed. You know, and Mm -hmm. I brought him up, Pillman and Foley, only because um. They used to had that stopover before WWF. Yeah. Those three specifically went to WWF. Yeah, yeah. So Duke, so Duke, like you knew Jack, you like you knew Cactus Jack, you knew Steve Austin, you knew Brian Pillman. But um, to take the the like just to strip them down and like give them the mic, technically, did you feel like uh, they were going to something special seeing those guys? Like, like it's gonna be uh, that iconic stuff that we we still talk about with the Foley mm-hmm. Kane Dewey promo and all that stuff. I was always a fan of all three of those guys, but I would be lying if I told you that I saw Steve Austin as the biggest name in the history of pro wrestling. I did not see that coming, you know, but apparently, you know, he got fired and Paulie was like, hey, come to Philly, come shoot a promo. What Mm -hmm. do you want me to say? Say whatever you want. And I mean, and it's great. Finally, the dude got a chance. You know, that's all it takes. And a lot, I think. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, is that Austin's best promo? That one where he's, you know, shooting on Dusty and stuff like that. Like, if you think of his career, he's as great as he is. To me, that may be the I best mean, promo it, he's it ever made, done. It, was... it made him. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it probably is, right? Like, yeah. because without that, there is no Stone Cold Steve mm-hmm. Austin, you know? And that's Steve Williams of... there, almost, yeah. right? Like, yeah, that's yeah, the, yeah, yeah, for sure. We're getting a real guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that um a lot of ECW was the sort of big fish, small pond. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way because there are so many guys that I thought like were awesome, but it wouldn't have happened anywhere else but ECW. You know, like Raven was an extremely smart dude 
talented, was on the WWE booking committee at one time, but he found this new character and like, and in my opinion, the best character in ECW history. Yeah. But like, would he have been, you know, top of the company in WWE Mm -hmm. or WCW, you know, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of it was like, what's that? I'm sorry, not with that gimmick in WWF. Yeah, that right. would have never worked there. So, you know what I mean? I think a lot of it was like the perfect storm for some of these guys. But I do agree. Like, he, Paulie gave him a chance, you know? Like, dude, mm-hmm. Matt Bourne, when he was Doink the Clown and he showed mm-hmm. up in ECW and became right. Bourne again, that shit was awesome. Like, mm-hmm. go back and watch that. He's mm-hmm. like crazy. He's tired of being a clown. He puts the clown head on two called scorpio and beats him up like there were That's so many so cool really cool dudes that just had a cup of coffee in ecw mm-hmm. and he, they had that cup of coffee because paulie gave him a chance a bigger company saw them and mm-hmm. scooped them right up you know so yeah i wanted to talk about those guys that kind of had the quick layovers you know before <laughs> they went on to super duper stardom but in between that he and there was a couple of younger guys that didn't go right to super duper stardom, but they did move up the ranks, quote unquote. But you have Jericho, Chris Jericho, Eddie Guerrero, mm-hmm. Ray Mysterio, Dean Malenko, mm-hmm. four guys that would go even on. Psychosis, even Psychosis, even yep. because yep. he was a legend in his own right. Conan yep. even the, was in ECW for a mm-hmm. brief moment. Yeah, throw those guys all together. But they um they were part of that buffet mm-hmm. style wrestling where they were putting out bangers we covered a lot of it in our cruiserweights episode with some of them like but man like imagine the names that went through this company we oh, only yeah, like scratched crazy. the surface of yeah. like, some of these names that went through but he had the upstarts like the guys i just mentioned he had the legends that, that had a layover but then he created legends he being paul Heyman, ecw they created themselves these guys but like yeah taz taz rob van dam sabu Tommy Dreamer, Sandman, throw Raven in there, throw whoever you want in there that I didn't mention. But like they, these are technically legends in the world of wrestling. Uh, I mean, yeah. Because of ECW. And Sabu maybe is a slightly different than guys like RVD or whatever, because he had a name out there. You know, he was doing stuff all over the world. So maybe he had a little bit of a name coming in. But Paul Lee has to accentuate these, you know, these guys, like, you know, best attributes and, Sabu became a superstar of ECW, my favorite guy in ECW, you know, because of what Paul Lee allowed him to do and the time he gave him. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, we we give Bischoff a lot of credit, you know, for the cruiserweights and all that stuff and bringing in, you know, those interesting wrestlers in the middle of their card or the early parts of their show. But like Paul Lee did all that first. Paul Lee knew how to, he knew talent at the very least, you know, and he knew that that crowd would appreciate Benoit and Malenko, you know what I mean? Just as much as they were going to appreciate guys like, whether we liked them or not, like Public Enemy or like the Rottens or whoever was, are also ECW legends, you know what I mean? He knew the crowd was smarter, you know, smart marks, they, they say, so Right. I don't know. Right. I mean, Paul Lee just—he just had that vision, you know. And it's—it's it's, it's pretty cool looking back. You look at the lineup of guys they had, and it's, it's outrageous. It's like as good of a roster as you could ever have if, when you really look at the top guys that came through that you know place. So, it's cool to see some yeah. Hall of Famers. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Lots of them. Switch, switch into something I didn't love 
just like a little bit of a low point, if you want to call it that, was being a buffet show of wrestling. Sometimes people, you know, they are all like sometimes they'll include comedy, sometimes they'll include yeah. silliness, right? Every wrestling company does it. Some do it way too much. But some of the ridiculousness, we'll call it in ECW that I I circled <laughs> that I couldn't help but um remember this week when we were like prepping for the show, but like the BWO. So <laughs> some of that comedy was lost on me. It was one of those things where, you know, I know Blue Meanie's kind of a, he's a popular name in the history of wrestling, but it was all intensive purpose. It was a joke. It was a spoof. Um, mm-hmm. How'd you guys feel about like that stuff? You call, you know, you call me Jason at the top of the show. Jason was more or less like a kind of a joke character in some ways. Um, you know, I remember Joel Gertner was like his whole shtick was a lot of like silly comedy. I like Joel Gertner. You know, though, I'm not gonna. Some lie. of it didn't. Age, some of it didn't age well. But yeah. um, <laughs> pop, even 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 JT Smith. Do you guys remember when when oh, he uh, he botched the Topic Suicida and he mm-hmm. he hurt himself and then he yeah. he had like a concussion and he thought he was Italian. <laughs> oh my goodness! Even, and then like, that so was anyway. his thing. After that, he botched yeah, F- on purpose. He was in the yeah. FBI. Yeah, and man, he ate that rail, dude. It was oh brutal. My goodness, dude. that is nasty. It was, it was all, but like, so I only wanted to mention that stuff because ECW wasn't afraid to like do those silly spots that everybody still does now. I guess it's just the way wrestling is; it's part of the circus. But the BWO, like Frank, when when you were watching this, were you like, "Oh, cool, they're spoofing the NWO"? Like, no, I was. I or, will say, as much of the ECW guy as was, I was never a BWO guy. Okay. Um, to me, I was because I just never liked those dudes. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I meanie especially. You know what I mean? Like I, I was just never a blue meanie guy. It just wasn't my thing. No offense. And like Duke probably remembers when we would go to those ROA shows at the ECW. Those 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 marks that dressed up with their BWO shirts. Do you remember those dudes? Like always <laughs> no. be at the. It's like people would still, yeah, you know, people ride with ECW characters, yeah. but like the BWO one is not one that I ever got on board. I, you know. Wait a minute. So you're wearing you're not wearing that blue hoodie on this show? No. For the, in honor of the blue the BWO. I thought that's what the, we it's were doing. Here. I thought Duke had on the orange for Taz. You were <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, I have on the orange because I'm cold. <laughs> but Duke, so like like I said with the BWO, it was also included the Raven's Nest. Like the Ra- Raven was such a serious character, and that stuff with yeah. Dreamer was so intense. And then the BWO, like that's that foil that they brought in. Mm-hmm. Ah man, sometimes wrestling companies they just can't help but like you know, meddle with their own coolness mm. or you know. What did you think of the BWO? Were you ever a fan? I always liked Stevie yeah. and the BWO. Mm. Um it eventually gave him a chance at the world title. I don't know if you guys yeah. remember that, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Big Stevie Cool got a shot at the world title. I think it was like cool. a triple threat match or something. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, I wasn't a fan of the gimmick per se. I never liked like that kind of nonsense, but I did always like Stevie and it led to him getting an opportunity at the title. So I thought that was cool, but yeah. But, yeah. And I liked Nova too. I It was just a goof gimmick, you know, like it was just... Mm-hmm. You know, Stevie was funny when he was Raven's little sidekick. I enjoyed that. Like, mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. would always, you know, piss Raven off and Raven would slap him around and, mm-hmm. you know, he would get I did like trouble. Stevie. I yeah. did like Stevie. So Always did. Always did. Yeah, like I mean, Stevie. if we're talking about low points, is that? Uh, yeah, and I just brought up some of the silliness. Like, Joel Yeah, Gertner I mean, really a low quick. point for me personally is Mikey Whipwreck. 
Yeah, like, I know I agree. he's like kind of like the underdog dude, and I mean, listen, that was revolutionary to have like a jobber mm-hmm. become the fucking world heavyweight champion. Yeah, but it equally made me think that belt meant nothing. Mm-hmm. And yep. like when Austin came in, he actually fought Mikey, mm-hmm. and Mikey beat him. And I just thought that was just ridiculous. Isn't like, crazy. I just, yeah. I don't know, the Mikey Whipwreck thing, like, but the fans are behind him, man. So but be careful. Say- we have to be careful when we want our guys who get over to yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. win things because yeah. this guy was over. And wait, are wondered. you not, are you not feeling oozy when you say that? <laughs> I'm always oozy, baby, because you're the two <laughs> and we the ones. I, I actually put me. Mikey Webbrook really quick. I put Whipwreck for the end of this. Like I did like my top, you know, two or three favorites, my yeah. two or three least. Whipwreck's definitely down there for me. See, like yeah. I like that early Whipwreck stuff when it was just the underdog and him getting murdered. And he's just like, oh my God, like he can't handle it. Yeah. But then he but then it got all weird. Once he started winning something, you know what I mean? Then it was just like, okay, I'm I'm not into this Mikey Whipwreck story anymore, you mm-hmm. know. But it was funny for a second. Yeah, like when he used to get beat up and he yeah. would go into the ring and be like, Oh my God, what am I yeah, doing against exactly. Like that yeah, was yeah, funny, yeah. you know? Exactly, but like, yeah. yeah, not as a main event world champion like yeah no. right yeah so on a high point like we talked about raven at the rivalry with dreamer what i circle here for me anyway was like high point iconic rivalries which oh my god let's talk about like because you can talk about other companies that come along since ring of honor samoa joe cm punk tna might have had one in there um let me know what it is i don't remember any like iconic rivalries but every company I'm being a hater, but like ECW's got a few that yeah. are like iconic. And I'm talking about the Raven and Dreamer, Sabu and Taz. And a little later, I think it's iconic because for me, it was the first time. So Mike Awesome and Masada. Oh, Tanaka. I knew it. I was oh, going to say it. Yeah. I was yeah. like, oh, I was, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. That's my point. I was like, is he going to say what I think he is? Dude, Masato like, Tanaka were... and Mike Awesome, those, they're all cool as shit. All yep. of those matches, you know? Yep. So yeah. violent. I don't know how Masato Tanaka's alive still, you know, but talk about bangers. Yeah, chair you shots, that. man. Like that's ooh. back when I could watch a chair shot to the head because I, <laughs> it was it was presented to me as normal. Normal, yeah. yeah. Now it's hard to watch it, even though I know those guys are tough as nails, but nobody should be doing that. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What did you guys think? Uh, let's start with Raven and Dreamer, if you don't mind. Like, what did you guys think of um this magic they created together? Because this was the rabbit hole I ended up going down this week, most of all of it. Yeah. Um, do you guys because you talked about a dude like Raven was coming from another company, like different type types of personas. Tommy Dreamer was um, more or less like a, I guess like a, no, like not a nobody, but he wasn't, he didn't evolve into what he became yet at that point. Right. Like he was still a, an up and comer, but they used like this backstory, this childhood, this fiction with Raven and Dreamer for their feud where like they supposedly were at summer camp. Right. And um. I guess Tommy Dreamer would pick on Raven and he was like the popular kid the jock, Raven was the yeah. outcast. Right. Right. Yep. And then they eventually added Beulah into it, who was also like part of the backstory. I like when you can, you know, back then you could get away with it. Now it might be harder. Um, yeah. We touched on it before. Oh, I was um, MJF and Stokely Hathaway have like this apparent backstory, right. Where they were like, yeah, buds. Yeah, yeah. But my point is, like, I like maybe adding some fiction into a feud. To a feud. Um, anyway, with this feud, it got brutal. It got 
deep. There's a lot of layers. I think it was almost two years long. The fans were into it. Um, there's iconic moments in it with the steel cage stuff and all. Do you guys remember seeing this stuff? Because you were talking about like the promos for the tapes and stuff all the time, the VHSs, and that iconic chair shot to the handcuffed dreamer mm-hmm. was one of the things I yeah, feel like yeah. I would see on those previews. Anyway, mm-hmm. I'm rambling. What do you think of this feud, this rivalry? Probably uh probably goes down as the greatest feud in ECW as far as I'm concerned. Do you would do would you guys agree? You know, because just like there's so many, so many layers. It was years and years, even like like the feud, like the initial feud and all that drama. But then when Raven comes back years later, you know, to add and wins the belts with Tommy, right? Yep. Like all mm-hmm. that stuff, it just took it to like another emotional like level. Um yep. Raven's super cool. I was never a Tommy Dreamer guy. He reminded me of my like my uncle, and I love my uncle, but he just reminded me of my uncle. <laughs> me Eric, too, dude. You know what I mean? So it was just like no offense. It was just like I'm just man. Like, hey, I wish just... I had an uncle like you. Yeah, guys. It, but uh, you know, but uh, yeah, like I was never a Dreamer guy. But then Raven was the opposite, right? Like Raven was so cool. He was mm-hmm. he seemed edgier. We even you know we all liked him even in WCW, you know, with the flock and all that. Oh, so it's like love, love Raven. You know what I mean? Like Raven was just. Raven just had a he just um he like had a coolness to him too like a natural cool as this Raven I should say you know um because he like he just felt very cool maybe when he talked and he was too you know poetic maybe he loses you a little bit but he when you just saw him the aesthetic him just sitting there with Beulah or whatever the case was it just was like oh this guy is fucking cool you know and uh yeah, it was that, the Philly I, accent. It was the Philly accent yeah, too, to yeah. throw you off because he's being mysterious and it's, hard, yeah, it's yeah. tough with us Philly guys to shake that. Yeah, and yeah. Um, <laughs> but Duke, he uh, Tommy Dreamer never really beat Raven in this feud, and they they kept it going forever. Which we talk about all the time. You talk about all the time. It's not really about wrestling because Tommy Dreamer is not the mat technician. Neither mm-hmm. is Raven. Really, he's good. <laughs> so, what did you think of this feud? Well, first off, Tommy was like that kind of badass dude by then because Tommy feuded with the Sandman previously. Yeah. And uh, the Sandman, I don't know if you guys remember, he like came to lashings. Yeah, yeah. And Tommy right. was like, yes, sir, may I have another? And the crowd was like, oh, my God, this dude's mm-hmm. hardcore. And that was like the he's hardcore. He's right. hardcore. So that's where yeah. Tommy started to get this like badass edge. But yeah, I'm with Frank as far as like the feud. To me, that's the best feud in ECW history. Not for the matches, but you can think yeah. of so many moments and promos. Like, yeah, the I remember Beulah was pregnant, and she's talking to Raven, and he's oh, like, yeah. "She's like, it's not yours." And then Stevie Richards is like going crazy, and she's like, "It's not yours either." And he, <laughs> she's like, "It's Tommy's." And like Raven grabs her, and then Tommy Dreamer comes out, and makes a save. There's just so much. Yeah, yeah. Like storytelling behind that. And it was awesome, man. It's mm-hmm. like, and by the way, like Raven, I think he's a wrestling genius, but also Tommy Dreamer, he he knows stuff too, man. Like he he knows a little bit about psychology and wrestling. He still puts on wrestling shows, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. Like he does. Mm-hmm. I think he's pretty knowledgeable about wrestling too. So props to both of those dudes. Cause I think both of those guys, you know, it takes two to tango. Yeah. And like there were a lot of cool feuds in ECW, but to me, that is the, you know, Alpha and I'm Omega with you. of ECW. I'm with you. 
I did want to get to that caning of uh, Dreamer by Sandman because it's brutal. It's it was around the time that real caning took place. Frank, you were a little little young young buck, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Duke, you remember when like that was big news over here that yep. caning. Yep. And um, they ended up, you know, kind of mimicking it in wrestling with that. Yep. But um, I want to say real quick on the on the way out, because Raven was going to WCW and all that stuff. And Dreamer was adamantly against beating him ever in the future. Mm-hmm. He wanted it to be, but they made Dreamer win because Raven was going out. So you do business. But yeah. real quick, Raven, cool. I don't know if you guys saw, was recently inducted into the Impact Wrestling Hall of Fame. Mm-mm. And Tommy Dreamer oh, inducted yeah. him. Oh, cool. And then, of course, Raven DDT'd him afterwards, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Nice. You did talk about Dreamer's genius, and I think there's something to it. But I, I heard him tell a story recently when he got the green light in WWF at the time to do anything he wants. He came up with the idea to just start doing gross things. And his first yeah, thing that was, was disgusting. Um, grabbing the Undertaker's tobacco and just putting it in his mouth. So maybe yep. Dreamer, the genius... Had a screw. I, I never said genius. I didn't oh, use that bad. word. All those, all those I didn't chair use shots. that word for Tommy Dreamer. My bad. My bad. <laughs> Raven, yeah, I... I said, is a wrestling genius. Uh, I think that Tommy does have something to give to pro wrestling. Still, he does. He does. He's a smart dude. Uh, I got to talk about these other two real quick because I only glossed over them. But the Taz Sabu thing. They had barely legal ninety six. Wrestlepalooza ninety seven. Like a tree. Like living dangerously ninety nine. They had a bunch of big matches, but the feud itself went another one that went on forever. Another memorable rivalry. Um, you said Sabu's your guy, Frank. Ta- uh, mm-hmm. Duke, you're wearing the Taz colors right now. Um, <laughs> neither one of these guys were ever like high on my list. I know Taz looked the part at that time, though, and I was definitely buying in. Um, epic battles. I've I can't recall any of them specifically. I've only like watched highlights again this week to brush up because full disclosure, like I couldn't remember the specifics specifics of their matches. But yeah. um like good stuff always with you know Taz and, and his his suplex machine gimmick. Do you remember these battles and does this one like stand out to you uh at all, Duke? I'll talk with you just because you're wearing the Taz I think colors. I think the feud was cool. So Sabu and Taz, like Sabu hurt him. Is that how this all started? Yes. Did he break yeah, his it, neck? Is that what? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Exactly. And then like they didn't touch each other. They didn't they didn't go near each other for like a year. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, finally it happened. And like mm-hmm. Sabu even like got on the mic at this point and yeah, like yeah. called him. a I don't know if he called him a midget or something. Yeah, I remember <laughs> yeah. him insulting him. Yeah, I don't remember what he said something. Um, and that feud was cool. I thought the heat was cool. The the promos were cool. The presentation was cool. But when they got in the ring, I didn't feel like they had like great chemistry. Yeah. Mm. Like Taz, of course, like I'm a huge ECW Taz fan because that dude could wrestle and he would just suplex anybody, you yeah. know, and drop them on their head, which is always entertaining. But I just felt like they never had that like chemistry in the ring i agree yeah, because i don't even think of sabu and taz you know like i know they had the matches living dangerous or whatever but like i don't think of that feud as like one of like the big feuds when i think of taz i'm thinking mm-hmm. bam bam when i'm thinking sabu mm-hmm. i'm thinking 
funk and rvd or whatever you know what i mean i'm just thinking other mm. guys and it's like yeah that yeah. was a feud but it's not one of the ones that like hits for me yeah i would just i think you're right too because i remembered specifically like taz um throwing Heyman on his head during this like it was mm-hmm. all the build was cool yep. and all of like the separation and keeping them apart the matches like i said i couldn't really recall specifics but mm-hmm. regardless they're two huge names um yeah. that I, I wanted to mention but Really quick, um, a low point, or at least something that I thought, you know, WWF would do this. I remember they did like referee matches or tuxedo matches or just silly shit, right? And then uh, do you remember like the Todd Gordon, Bill Alfonso feud that would felt like it would just go on and on and on and on? It was like, just for me, um, a distraction. And I had to mention it because Bill Alfonso, let's just talk about him for a minute. Dude, He he's like... Uh, almost like like a Forrest Gump or something like he just stumbles into these because he worked for <laughs> WWF right like he was a yep. freaking ref in big yep. moments and then he's got this reinvention and ECW but then he's he's next to RVD the coolest guy in the company yep. he's got like Fonzie with him it's like what I'm blowing a whistle yeah no, I, I, I but I always liked Fonzie but I was a Sabu and RVD fan you know what mm-hmm, I mean right. so like Fonzie's just part of that story um yeah talk about a guy like seemingly like a crackhead uh, like you know like it just he looked a mess hard to understand he's always blowing a whistle and yelling baby and you can't even quite get what Spitting he's doing everywhere yeah everything kind of a mess mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it's just one of those things where like maybe in any other wrestling company we were just like get this guy out of here but mm-hmm. in ecw that seemed like sometimes it seemed like a uh like a dumpster fire of things happening, you know, like Fonzie fit in really well there, you know, and it was easy to hate. So oh, yeah. I, I, I like, I have love for Fonzie. Me too, man. You know, but, uh, for sure. you know, yeah, I had to mention him um, real quick. Cause I have this as a high and a low because technically it is, but like the violence it's extreme, mm-hmm. but where to draw the line was some of like, sometimes cause I was like looking back and I actually was like, most violent ECW matches. I was like searching that, trying to remember, trying to look it up, trying to think. And the one um, that I kept seeing was when Ian and Axel Rotten fought. This was yeah. early on. Do you yeah. guys remember this match? I actually ended up watching some of this stuff. Woo-wee. We're talking about yeah. the taped <laughs> fist with the glass. Glass. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I do remember that. I, I remember not, I remember when I first saw this, I was pretty young, but like I saw it after the fact, you know, but like when I first saw it, just, I just, never cared for those guys, you know, yep. like, and as much as I like, like some violence, it just felt like, I don't want to say that they can't wrestle, but it just felt like two sloppy big dudes who, mm-hmm. you know, could, that weren't going to put on like the greatest match having this feud just for, because who else, what else were they going to do, you know, other than break up as a team, you know, and it just, yep. it just never did anything for me. The Rottens are big, like ECW, I guess you can call them legends mm-hmm. that I just do not fuck with at all. Yeah. So. Yeah. They were guys that remember when we were talking about, you said like one man gang, he's like a big dude, but his face don't look tough. I yeah, thought, I yeah, thought that yeah. way about, I think it was Axel rotten. Yeah. Axel, um, yeah. The, the blonde one, but anyway, yeah. like, yeah. Axel. Um, with the heart, with the hardcore, with the extreme, with the violence, I'll say that you Duke, you mentioned Tommy getting came by Sandman, which the 10 lashes and all that very violent. Um, also, this one, man, this popped in my mind without even having to look anything up. But the new Jack Vic Grimes, which came a little oh, yeah. later. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Wild. Brutal. Brutal. So brutal. And I'm a, uh, 
I I don't I don't think you guys fuck with New Jack like that, but like I've Not always I've always liked New Jack. You know, it goes against what I like as a wrestling fan in like many ways. <laughs> but uh, you know, I I popped for New Jack as a kid. You know, I guess it was just such a wild thing for me to see though. This guy, this music hits, the crowd goes nuts because they know some shit is about to go down. He comes out with a trash can full of shit. It was not about wrestling. It was more about the spectacle of this dude. Guy, in know? the moment, yeah, I fucked with the gangsters. Okay, yeah, they came so... out the natural born killers. Uh-huh, like, yeah, it would play through the whole match. Just when you start hurting people yeah. on purpose yeah, yeah, yeah. is where no, I get the it. divide you know, happens. Yeah, but yeah. no, I fucked with the gangsters mm-hmm. for sure, dude. But that dude, Vic do you remember the balcony man. spot? Yeah, yeah. I'll let it, you talk about it in a minute, dude. Do you remember the balcony spot where he threw Nick Vic uh, Vic Grimes? Oh off yeah, it? yeah. It was yeah, dude. <laughs> That wasn't, and that shit happened there. Like there were some crazy shit that happened. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that was that was disgusting, man. Like he was trying to hurt that dude, you know. Well, like, yeah, and then but, he, yeah, when he's the hurt... kid with, you know, the, yeah, the, I forget the mass his transit. Name. That's yeah, the mass, mass transit. transit. Yeah. I so that on the with, list with New Jack, what Tooch is talking about too is that when Vic Grimes, or I don't know if I'm, I don't want to speak for you, but like you're talking about the first incident where Vic Grimes hesitated and then he fell on New Jack's head. He, I think it was um that one that I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. I'm not yeah. okay. I'm thinking yeah, of you're like thinking a scaffold of, match or yeah, something. Yeah, that's an XPW yeah. match. Yeah, that oh, happened right. after the fact. That was sort of okay. like a revenge, which is also dark, right? But okay. like so they were supposed to go right. off the balcony because New Jack was jumping off balconies every mm-hmm. week, right? So he was supposed to go off the balcony. Vic Grimes hesitates and they kind of like fall. So mm-hmm. Vic Grimes, you know, Vic Grimes was like a fat dude. You yeah. know, he falls on New Jack's head, fucks him up for life. Yeah. You okay. know what I mean? Gosh. So then Later on, maybe a year later, I don't even remember how long later, and XPW, who were trying yeah. to be co- copycat ECW, uh, they had that scaffold match where they okay. literally tried yeah. to kill him. Jack him. pulled New Jack pulled him down with him essentially, yeah, right? Yeah, on that exactly. Scaffold. Yeah. Brutal. Sheesh. I wanted to mention that. And um, another one I gotta mention. Well, you talked about the mass transit thing. Let's really quick. That dude wasn't yeah. a wrestler. No, never yeah, he was a, a kid. Match. No, yeah, he was a yeah. young man. And then yeah, and then New Jack goes and uh, slices him out with an exacto knife, bro. Do you it's remember like... seeing that on tape? Like, I remember getting the tape somehow, some way, you know what I mean, and yes, watching dude. this because that kid was bleeding. So, for yeah. those who don't know, this they needed a a a body, right? And there's this kid calls himself Mass Transit. He lied about his age. He said he was trained mm-hmm. by Gordon Soley or something like that, like something like some like legend. And, <laughs> and he uh, was like pretty much obese, right? Like he was yeah, untrained. he was a yeah. big boy. Probably was like four hundred yeah. pounds, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, called himself Mass Transit. I guess that was just a bus driver. Is that what that was? That was his gimmick. I, I think it's a it bus. He was the he was the, was the bus. bus. The yeah. bus. Yeah. Um, and they this way the story goes is he he they were he was gonna get he wanted to get some color, as they say in the match, you know. And he asked of all the people. He asked New Jack to help him achieve this goal in the match. So New Jack said, fuck it. You know what I mean? Like, hell yeah, I'll let you. And he pulled out like a surgical razor, whatever they call those scalpels. Yeah. And sliced this kid in the match, slices the kid's head open. You hear this kid, you see him screaming and like panicking. Yeah. And I don't then, think he ever wrestled again. I think it no, was it. No, yeah, that was it. And he's passed away since then. I believe mm. he had one of those surgeries to lose a bunch of weight, and then yeah, I think I, mean, it, I think it went bad. Yeah, yeah, oh, I think man. it went bad for him. But anyway, right, but like please. you see him panicky, and like there's a nurse. I always remember that video because there's like one nurse lady on the scene who's probably just like an EMT or something like that, and this guy's bleeding all over. And then you got New Jack, who is he's full on New Jack mode at the time of this match, so yeah. he doesn't care at all. This Kid, it looks like he's dying. He's screaming in the ring. The kid's dad is in the crowd. 
all types of a mess. You know what I mean? Like a lot of, oh my God. a lot of blame to go around from everybody involved. But New Jack ultimately is the one who cut his fucking forehead open. That, well, that all that actually um, it ruined their first pay per view deal. Uh, I was mm-hmm. reading like they had a pay per view deal, and then that match ruined what they had at the time. It almost fucking took down. Yeah, the company. that's one of the big um, lows of the company for sure. Like, yeah, we overall, had the match. In it. Like, ooh, brutal. Mm-hmm. Slice team up. Slice team yeah. up. Duke. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know Frank's gonna want to talk about this next thing because I also have it. I my topic on this little uh subtopic, I guess, was violence. It's a high and a low because it was put them on the map, but some of the shit was way too rough. This one Frank's gonna talk talk about, but you remember, I know you remember Sabu and and um Sabu and uh Terry Funk, the the born to be wired. Oh, yeah, dude. Talk I about cannot that watch that minute. match. Not Legit really can't match, watch right? it. And you know the spot we're talking about, right? Yep. His arm. We're, we're, yep. Ooh. And he arm... just tapes it up because he's a yeah. fucking psychopath. So they have a barbed wire match. A classic barbed wire match, too. For um, the title, I believe, right? Yeah, I believe so. Um, And yeah. at some point in the match, Sabu goes into the barbed wire. His bicep straight gets caught in the barb. And he like rips his arm and you see it like you see his arm cut open. There's blood and he's clearly fucked. You know, you could see Sabu kind of like panic, like, oh, shit. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) what are we going to do? He tells Terry Funk at one point, like, yo, I'm fucked. And Terry goes, I don't give a shit or whatever the fuck (laughs) he yells. You know what I mean? Like in the match, he says something like that. And at some point, somebody gets Sabu tape it was fonzie came the, out with wire yeah. cutters yeah, and then yeah, he taped him Christ. up and he just like that's his doctor his right his yeah, crackhead dude. fonzie oh, <laughs> god yeah very gnarly match i remember seeing that from and being like this is i can't watch oh, that match shit. legit like it's too 100 it's stitches too gross dude. like i don't oh. like real violence yeah like yeah. i know you guys yeah. like like mma and boxing and stuff i don't like real violence that's why i like <laughs> yeah. wrestling like i yeah, like yeah. guys that play fight you know and like that stuff was Oof! Yeah, I could not even watch that. Like in the moment, I could. I've gotten soft over, <laughs> over time. Like we yeah, watched bro. when Sid broke his leg. John and I watched that twenty times. Mm-hmm. Remember, we kept rewinding mm-hmm. it. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't even look at that now. I'd throw up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. A high point though. Um, it can only be a high point because these the fans, the diehards. Not just the ECW arena here, but like it ended up making its way into that uh, Manhattan Center, yeah. right? Like, uh, so like it got into the New York sort of. It started in Philly. It, it was an East Coast thing. So yeah. the diehard fans, like not like loyal, but they were encouraged to be a part of the show, right? Like they yeah. were like a part of the show. Um, we know people that were part of that crowd, right? Like Duke, you know someone who was a OG fan. Oh yeah, uh, shout out to Cato. There you go. Shout out Cato. These fans were loyal. They were fucking rabid. I felt like um, they were like one time they were told to bring weapons to the arena to be like, you know, they might get used, you know, Mm -hmm. somebody might say, but I just feel like it was all passion at the end of it. And territorial fans still exist. They were territorial, territorial about their company. Like they would Mm -hmm. give you a shot though. Right. Like you said before on another episode, like we'll let you guys work this classic technical match and we'll applaud you we'll stand up they weren't yeah. bloodthirsty animals you know yeah 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 but the fans it's, it's the kind of fan i like to think i am you know sometimes i'm rowdy at the show sometimes i'm chill sometimes i want to see all technical stuff sometimes i want to see nick gage with a pizza cutter 
<laughs> you know, like it, I do I'm not. like, yeah, I'm like that kind of fan, you know. So like, I think that's why like it's so relatable. I like the wild chance that the fans were known for in ECW. It's like it's funny. A lot of them wildly inappropriate, yeah. you know, but uh, but it, innovative. I still, you know, I think well, the fans there were fair though. Mm-hmm. You know, like here's a perfect example. Raven was fucking Scotty Flamingo, dude. Mm -hmm. And like Scotty the Body and Mm -hmm. Johnny Polo, like some corny bullshit. And like he went to ECW and they're like, all right, man, let's see what you got. And like he won them over. So like, I think they were fair, you know, like as long as you tried hard, like I think that they would show love, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But but they didn't Vlad, the super fan, Eason, did we see? I felt like I saw him in a lot he of was every, maybe for sure. Yeah. He well, was yeah, because on the Manhattans, but yeah. obviously we have like a floral shirt guy with that, you know, the hat guy. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. might know the names. Him of and his buddy. Him yeah. and the guy yeah. with the mustache. Mm-hmm. There was like yeah. the fake, um, like Howard Stern slash Rob. Oh Rob. Yeah, 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 yeah. That guy. Yep. There yeah. was a guy in the old ones that had like an old Rams jersey. Mm-hmm. oh man yeah but like no for sure like the, the old rams the fans were a part of that show and another thing that we have to talk about and i don't know if it's on your list but i gotta bring it up All is right, the yeah. music oh nice. yeah nice i mean because no licensing <laughs> no no fucks given about license yeah 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 exactly. like they they would use real songs like their opening to their tv show was rob zombie you know or mm-hmm. white zombie mm-hmm. thunder kiss 65 or whatever mm-hmm. what was your so guy's like favorite that, theme that would they got away with using if you had to say like a real song Walk yeah yeah by pantera yeah. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? That's, like, mine. that's so classic. That I went to a GCW one. show of you know a few months back and this dude came out to walk by Pantera. And I was oh, like, cool. I was like marking out. I was like, I'm yeah. cheering for this dude. You know, did he mean? deserve it though? Was it because that's RVD, no. man? No, 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 no. He did not deserve it. But he was cool enough though. That guy was cool enough. You know, I will say okay. I don't remember his name, but he man, was cool there enough. were a lot of good ones though. Like there were yeah. it's so funny used, though, as much as uh, I loved Raven, I did not like his theme song. Yeah. Yeah, what was that song? For, the for offspring. That char- you yeah, right. keep them for separated. That character. Yeah, it's like yeah, it yeah. didn't fit that character. Man. I don't know. There were a lot of good ones. No, what one is like? It's Sandman's clearly. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and awesome. I, wow. I mean, Tommy wow. Dreamer is like I love Alice in Chains. Mm-hmm. They're my favorite was... band from that time. So like, okay, that's a good one. But I loved. Um, I'm not a Kiss fan at all. Yeah, but Taz's song "War Machine." Yeah, that was cool. Like, dar, 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 dar. yeah, yeah, I thought that yeah. was badass. And I like Shane Douglas's, mm-hmm. which was like kind of corny. Oh, yeah, no, it was um, deep. It purple. was like AC, yeah, oh, perfect oh, strangers, it... right? Right, right, right. But there were so many good ones. It fit, it's that weirdly you fit, said, him. like ACDC, Back in Black, Chris Candido. Like, there were yeah. so many like good ones, you know? Yeah, yeah, you have to. That was and a great some one, of them the music kind of introduced you to those songs. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah, for sure. I never heard of Walk uh, like, Pantera. Yeah. Yeah. That exactly. Snap yeah, your yeah. fingers, snap your neck. I don't know if mm-hmm. you guys remember that one. Like, yeah, you would be like, oh shit, what's that song? You would go like find it on whatever the hell we looked for on for music back in the day. Well, your guys' yeah, theme man. song, um, "Rock a Rock" and Johnny Grunge. Here, I'm joined by. Uh, here comes the hot stepper. <laughs> that I mean, that's one of the best too, right? 
my god. The funniest shit about Public Enemy was that they were supposed to be like these ghetto street dudes from <laughs> Philly. You know what I mean? And you look at them, you're like, these are the guys. You know what I mean? And then you miscast, know, Johnny, miscast. Johnny Grunge opens his mouth and he's clearly like got a southern accent. <laughs> he's from <laughs> yeah, the south dude. He's from South Philly. Yeah. Miscasting, right? It's like in yeah. the 70s when every um handsome this guy or, or sexy this guy was like yeah, an yeah, older, yeah. bigger, like yeah. balding guy. Playboy right? Buddy Rose. Yeah, yeah. Um, a low point. I it's not a huge deal, but I just always, you know, didn't like the fact that there were no DQs. I know it's extreme championship wrestling, mm-hmm. but I think it hurt it it limits you. So sure. Do you guys did you guys feel that that way too? Like it, I don't yeah like I never had that issue because to me I was coming in and that's what it was you know and it was different from like the other companies so I just like that edge of like you could do whatever you know what yeah. I mean like this is all part of do you remember how match, long you know? interference would like exist within yeah. the match like it would be like a seven or eight minute segment with all these <laughs> yeah. different guys yeah, running yeah. pile drivers here and there and then you get a pin, right? Like, yeah, 10 like oh, yeah I forgot later. there's a match going on. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and like for run-ins and stuff, sure, right? Like maybe it's too much, but just in, in overall, like the hardcore nature of it, like fighting in the crowd and smashing you with chairs and like Van Daminators and all all these type of, I was into all of that. You know what I mean? All yeah. the run-ins and shit, yeah, it could get annoying, but typically yeah. the hardcore rules I liked. Okay. Yeah, I just think it, it like limited you. Like, yeah. Like when Cody's like, I'm not going to go for the world title. Well, yeah. we know this match isn't going to end in DQ. So it's going <laughs> yeah, yeah. to be whatever all night. Um, I do want to talk about um, a couple more of like the, the big names, like the names that left a mark and maybe some of the feuds, some of the matches like we could just totally freestyle. But you talked about um, guys like Jerry Lynn kind of getting a shot i was thinking this week um about lance storm a lot because dude lance storm he was one of those guys like probably shouldn't have fit in but he did with that like with that product and um his stuff with jerry lynn was pretty fun like like pretty sound stuff yeah really sound stuff and i know we're all fans of lance storm um I guess he's got to be underrated, like at this point, because yeah, like, as, as far as his ability, general, yeah, like his ability even in the ring, just like the the crispness that he yeah. had. Uh, but I wanted to mention Lance Storm and Jerry Lynn. I also wanted to mention Tajiri and Super Crazy because like those matches are iconic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like for that time, <clears throat> chemistry and like RV RVD and Jerry Lynn's too. Their little feud. You know what I mean? Yep. Like the mm-hmm. those matches were like great because I remember I loved RVD. But like I was cheering for Jerry Lynn so hard, and like mm-hmm. in those days, you know, I wanted Jerry Lynn to get him, and I love that cradle power driver. Um, mm-hmm. Always love that move. So it's like you know, I I was a big Jerry Lynn guy as well. But that was super next crazy on my list. Yeah. yeah, super crazy and Tajiri though. I'm glad you mentioned them because bangers, especially when it was like that. Uh, Tajiri still wearing the the blue and white. You remember like yeah. when he was more yep. like he wasn't quite the as like oh uh, dude that. And when I first ever saw him do the tarantula, it was like mind blown. I was like, what? (laughs) Even though it's just holding a guy out against the ropes. really. But that's a big deal to see something that's never been done before is a big deal, man. Look, it still resonates with me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like I like Mm -hmm. Tajiri, like, you know, Tajiri lost me as his career went on. You know, he had success in WWE. But those days, blue, white shorts, Tajiri, love them, love them. You yeah. know what's really impressive about that feud in particular is that they fucking didn't speak the same yeah. language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One mm-hmm. guy spoke Japanese and one guy spoke Spanish. And look at what they did. 
Yeah. Like it's it's beautiful yeah. that they were able and to it do shows that. that crowd too, right? Like the love the crowd had for just wrestling sometimes because oh, yeah. Those guys program any other kind of program is like whatever, but when they matched up, it was like a bit it felt important, you know what I mean? Because of that crowd was so into it. It's credit to the guys, they put on banger matches, but it's, it's just, incredible it's, to me, honestly, that yeah. you can have that sort of chemistry, you know, without I mean, I'm sure they had a way to call spots, but you yeah. know, like we can sit here and communicate, be like, all right, Frank, put me in a headlock, let's work mm-hmm. left. I'm gonna send, you know, like that's mm-hmm. such a thing in wrestling for them to do these matches without that ability like is damn impressive to me and not like simplistic wrestling styles either right like pretty high flying tajiri was less high flying but still did wild maneuvers you know what i mean so it's Mm -hmm. like it's not easy to like coordinate this Mm -hmm. match you would think and they did it without even speaking i wanted to bring up um just a couple guys that like later on in ecw um sort of uh, i guess left their mark but also Mm -hmm. were sort of created here i get like we talked about um certain guys getting too much too soon just to kiss the death sometimes but rhino was like given the world like on a silver yeah. platter in ecw but kind of rightfully so at the time I, at least for me i guess i'll get your guys opinion i really was like on board with rhino as a as a killer machine were you fans were you guys fans of him so my um, I've mentioned this on an episode back in the day, but like the, it was my first ever the first time I ever saw Rhino. And I want to say it was his debut. Don't quote me. I may just be misremembering, but I remember them saying like it was Rhino's debut and Taz chokes him out in like 20 yep. seconds or whatever. Yep. And like mm. and it kind of killed the whole Rhino thing for me, like immediately because he just yep. went out there and I like so that stayed with me. And I was like, yeah, I just saw Taz like annihilate you instantly choke them out you know and it was just like so that always hurt rhino's thing so then when rhino is kind of like forced to be one of the top guys for them i kind of always had that in the back of my head but like yeah but you're no taz taz just did this and wow easily mm. you know so i was always kind of softer on rhino you know i just didn't like dig it as much and then he was another one that he was like getting heat by just beating up the girls you know and putting them through tables and stuff like yeah. that and I just didn't like the Rhino thing. I've learned to respect Rhino's career. You know, sure. he's been around forever and he's an interesting looking guy. Nobody looks like quite like Rhino, mm-hmm. but um, right. Yeah. But he never, yeah. uh, he never did it for me personally. Well, Duke, he was the final ECW champ also held the television title at the time before, you know, eventually, you know, we'll talk about how ECW kind of went down <laughs> a little bit, but did you, did you believe him as like a like a, a killer? And then obviously when he went to WWE, they sort of cut him down. He tried mm-hmm. to get it back, tried to get that edge back. But well, how'd you feel about Rhino? Uh, I liked Rhino, but to me, like he's that's like the end days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanted to bring him you up. Know, like, yeah. No, for sure. And like like Frank said, like respect. The guy's been yeah. wrestling for fucking 25 years, probably. Right. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At this point, he still wrestles for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, like, yeah. respect to him. You know, he had some cool matches. He had cool matches in WWE as well. Like, he had a good mm-hmm. career, man. You know, yeah. like he wrestled at WrestleMania, or at least interfered in the match. Mm-hmm. You know, the the triple threat, whatever TLC match. Um, mm-hmm. part so of so like yeah. I like Rhino. He's not one of my favorites. We're gonna get to that because I'm gonna ask you guys your favorite cool. ECW guys. Well, I'm going to ask you guys really quick your thoughts on these two. uh, One's an act, one's a group, and then one is 
one is my favorite guy, but um, like let's start with the Dudleys because the Dudleys you can't talk about ECW without the Dudleys. Yeah, the group was sort of like all over the place at one point, I guess. Yeah. Like <laughs> a lot of members. If you want to sit, a lot of yeah, members, yeah. and it yeah. was not dances intent- with Dudleys. Yeah, yeah, like Big this Dick is where Dudley. I talked about. Yeah. yeah, the silliness merged with the seriousness, like the balancing yeah. act. But it it wasn't. It turned into something maybe that they didn't intend for because like the like Bubba Ray and Devon became icons and yeah. serious yep. guys, like more like, yep. you know, we could take them seriously like I do anyway. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah. at the time, it wasn't really like that, even though um, like some of the promos and whatnot. So where, where do you guys stand on like the, the whole Dudley package? Um, Like it a lot. Like I said, I think there was too many Dudleys at one point. Um, yeah. And that's not even counting Spike. You're talking about just the guys that they would go, you know, yep. present in the ring, a sign guy, sign Dudley, guy Dudley, yeah, big, big Dudley, Dudley. Yeah, yeah, chubby, yeah. chubby Dudley, snot Dudley. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was just like every week they were just adding more and more at one point. But I like the idea of the Dudley boys, you know what I mean, from Dudleyville or whatever. And just like, I just like the whole thing of this like weird sort of a, uh, uh, family of like misfits you know um mm-hmm. and obviously they became one of the you know for me personally definitely like a top 10 tag team of all time uh accomplishment wise right top uh, two you know what i mean you, or, I mean, or you top can, i mean top yeah you can literally make a case that they're the greatest tag team yeah of all time. exactly how you know? crazy so, like, is that man yep. how wild and, it, and they got more serious when they did introduce divon like that's when they kind of got i guess more of a edge maybe yeah, Devon started to like poison Bubba's mind and shit mm-hmm. and then eventually they just went full hill and Jesus man those guys in ECW got fucking heat, heat man yeah, yeah, like yeah. well that's what I wanted to talk holy about shit yeah do you There's remember that infamous him? promo like where Bubba Ray's going off on the lady in the crowd you know like wild mm-hmm. wild stuff but the heat like it looked like they were ready i remember bubba he and i don't i don't like bubba yeah but he says something that always like makes me laugh because he goes if we had the time he was like we'd go out into this crowd and beat every single one of you he's like i like the ideas like we just don't have the time to do this yeah, yeah. but uh, right. you know but like but like those dudes they got nuclear heat it was they easy really to did hate them, you know yep. And, you know, maybe cheap in ways, right? Just cursing and talking about people's mom and whatever. But cursing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, like, the result, though, was undeniable. You know, like, I show people to this day, I show them that one where they were in Cincinnati or Cleveland or wherever that pay-per-view was when I was just talking about when Bubba just goes off on everybody and you're just like, bro, Mm -hmm. this is so (laughs) brutal. And then they have Joe Gertner as well. I believe Gertner with them so like and i like gertner so like that mm-hmm. stuff is funny to me it was just he had a different way of uh he would yeah. get vile too but yeah, dude yeah. like we like I, I don't think all any of us like bubba dudley uh we never really liked him as a like a, a singles guy definitely no. not but um we were never fans of him the bully ray thing like props to him and I have to say though, like as time passes, he was a great heel, man. Like when he wanted to be, like when yeah, sure. Bubba wanted to get heat. Yeah, you know it had. Uh, I think it's stops. easy to be a great heel when you're just a dickhead in real yeah, life. Yeah, when you're unlikable. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah, just yeah, an yeah, unlikable exactly right. douchebag. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I know it's a work and like stuff like that, but he just always. I felt like you're an asshole, dude. Yeah, like that's <laughs> they had when cool I met matches. them. 
Yeah, yeah when uh, I met them, they were assholes. Yeah, you know what I mean? That. They were surprise, both surprise. assholes. And especially yeah. Devon, who I always heard was the nice guy of the crew. He was the bigger asshole. You know who the real nice guy was? Tell your story. Yes, my boy Spike. That's right. So we went to a signing thing or whatever. I'm in line. Spike is just sort of hanging out, and I'm like awkwardly standing next to Spike Dudley, and I'm just like, oh, I got to say something. Hey, Spike, Spike, he's like literally next to me, and I go, damn, Spike, uh, if I knew you were here, I would have got like an 8 by 10 to get an autograph or something. And Spike looks around, and he goes, you know what, man? And he grabs like the name placard off his table and autographs it for me and gives it to me. And I was like, damn, total opposite. Oh, nice, Where yep. Devon didn't even look at me when yep. I like met him, didn't even look at me, Bubba. Didn't look at me either, but he at least acknowledged I exist. He spoke to me. You know, Devon took my picture and, like, tossed it back to me like an asshole. Yep. So, you know, and I was meeting those guys out of respect. Yeah. And meanwhile, I paid to meet them. Meanwhile, Spike, nicest guy in the world, he just was yep. like, here's here's an autograph, dude, just for standing next to me. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's cool. Yeah, the Dully's never, not my, not my cup of tea. I mean, I, you know, respect to them. They had a great career and stuff like that. Just never one of my teams even before i heard that dickhead shit that frank just said yeah yeah and him being mark. a world champion is a fucking joke <laughs> yeah i'll crazy. just say it well you can be a good them. heel because you're you're a bad human it's easy mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well um they did leave their mark also leaving his mark this guy man he is this is not my my favorite by any means so this is a guy i have to mention though like a little more in detail because we touched on him his theme song the entrance the fact that this guy he couldn't wrestle. He couldn't <laughs> work. He couldn't move. He was so over, though. It's like it kind of paints you into a corner because he was. That's that not true. Over. He could move. That's not true. Uh, all right. Barely. Sometimes when he was. <laughs> the dude like when he was, would do like flips and top rope drop. Or I'm sorry. Yeah. But what, like they, they just look so clumsy. Yeah. 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 Hey, man. Look so clumsy. Oh, look, the Sandman. Were, were you sand guys. Man. Were you guys uh, look any wore the Zubas, which are cool oh, now? Yeah. Which is awesome. They were mm -hmm. always um, been cool. Were you guys ever fans of him? Like I was. Okay. You know, I popped for the entrance. I popped for the entrance. Yep. You know, I, I mean, and him caning the fuck out of people was cool. You know, I never thought he was good, like you said, yep. John. Like I never was like a mega fan, but when his music hit and that entrance started, and also, you know, we love him, but like. He was doing Stone Cold Steve Austin shit before Stone Cold with the beers and drinking man. them in the crowd and all that. You know, that became man. like the Stone Cold staple. And Sandman, that yep. was like his normal, you know, yep. Friday nights on television, at least, you know. So, you know, he I think he deserves like respect and credit for a lot of things. Um, He wasn't like graceful at all. You know, he looked so clumsy. But in that company, he was involved in some crazy storylines, crazy angles with Dreamer, Raven, you know, plenty of guys, Sabu. Um, and he somehow he he felt, he, you know, he fumbled his way through some really good matches, too, in that company. So I got love for Sandman. He's like, so, like, you know, Philadelphia trash. <laughs> and, you know, I just have like a soft spot for him. One of the harshest Philly accents I've ever heard is on oh, the same, yeah. man. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, but one of the low points, we got like we gotta mention the Sandman crucifixion. Crucifixion, yeah. Yeah. As look, I mean, in the day it, it happened eventually with Austin and the Taker. It was this different thing. It was a symbol. They tried to mask it. Even recently, like we were going back and forth about the Adam Cole thing with uh mm -hmm. Hangman, mm -hmm. you know, the barbed wire crown. 
on Good Friday, nonetheless. But this one, this was the like most the, blatant. Yeah, yeah, the religious <laughs> like iconography is never good in wrestling, and it's I don't get triggered, you know, by much. But rewatching a little bit of that this week, it's not even triggering. It's like, damn, man, like did they think they went way overboard with this one? And there's been guy, I think even Kurt Angle talks about how he was there. He walked yeah. out. Yeah, it's like one of those things where I mean offensive is an understatement but it's also like raven these guys like the actual act of them putting him on there was hard to watch and um i guess it's one of those what what would you call it infamous like it's just like one of those things you just got it was a low point i had to like see listen like i'm not even a religious person like that you know what i mean and like even i could be like oh like oh you know what i mean like guys you know like the in this in the and then like the for like the sake of being like edgy or like trying to do the next level thing you know yeah sometimes you go too far you know yep. and it's like and i to like does it offend somebody like me no but even i look at it and i just go dude this is this is dark you know what i mean like this is dark this is obviously going to rub people wrong you know mm-hmm. this is it's not going to do you any favors right. anywhere outside no. of this building if you even get any love in that building because like they yep. said the story is that kurt angle was in the building and throwing a fit right <laughs> yeah. so like you know just one of those wild things and rain on raven as smart as he is i heard it was uh i think sandman called him like a genius but he could also be like a, a fucking a complete moron at times mm-hmm. too you know and sometimes that you know you got some of that energy on television mm-hmm. you know or on the, you know, the product yeah the thing about that, like I wasn't like at the time, I'm a kid, like looking at that, and I mm-hmm. felt the same way because it's a different feeling. As you get older, you evolve, like whatever my beliefs are now. It's like watching it now. I'm like, damn, because I had a mm-hmm. problem with the Adam Cole thing, and I, I made know. a big yeah, stink yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Adam Cole, <laughs> because of what it was, like it was, you know, it was offensive. But like, if they tried to do like that's literally a cross. It's a wooden cross. <laughs> They were just nuts, man. And I yeah. just, I think it's so wild that Kurt Angle was like there. They were trying to recruit him. Yeah. And he's like, what a funny story. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what could have like... been in a way, yep. I guess. But oh my God. Know. Imagine if Kurt Angle was having bangers well, in ECW. I mean, Vince would have won anyway. Yeah, for know? sure. No, he was right, still going right, to pay right. a visit to Vince, Yeah. Yeah. So. For sure. For sure. It wouldn't have changed. Yeah. Yeah. As it's good as for as a story. It's good for like as a storytelling like mechanism, you know, Kurt yeah. Angle and he didn't sign and he went to WWE and became right. Kurt Angle, you know, but right. Right. Yeah. But the yeah, but I do so, want to talk about the Sandman real quick. Yeah, like yeah. no, he's not like one of my favorites or anything. But being there during his entrance was fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Like that was like an experience to talk about. And we went. I actually went with my brother to a club called Boomerang. I don't know if you guys remember that. Oh yeah, in like Jersey or something. Oh my god! And they had a wrestling show. They had an ECW show, and the fucking Sandman came out, and he poured a beer down my brother's throat. That's funny. Yeah, just like cool shit like that. Ed actually. Yeah, that's surprising. That's great, dude. So, uh, yeah, man, that was just it was a cool. It was like a fucking concert, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, no, Sandman's not one of my favorites, but good for him, dude. Mm -hmm. Like, this guy got a WWE contract. Yeah. (laughs) This fucking guy that couldn't wrestle a lick, you know? Didn't he work Cena? I feel like 
Sabu definitely worked <laughs> Cena, but I feel like yeah, Sandman I mean, worked Cena eventually. He probably, worked. if you remember though, Sandman actually ended up getting like in good shape and stuff there. Like, it was weird, he yeah, actually, yeah. So yeah. like, he didn't yeah, have the gun. He didn't have like the big and old he's belly. A, you know? Listen, right. ECW icon for sure. Yeah. Just mm -hmm. like not my cup of tea, not something yeah, yeah. I want to watch. That's all. But cool stories, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Definitely had some cool storylines, like. He got blinded. That's what led to oh, the dream. Oh, that was shit. great. Yeah, stuff. that was awesome. Yeah, yeah. You know, that so was like, great. I definitely have love for him. No, it's iconic for sure. And uh, I felt like when I was there once or twice, did they ever like loop the song? Like during the entrance, like would they play it twice sometimes? I feel like it. I might have been like young, and it felt like it went on forever. Yeah. But his entrance was like they might have, but I mean that's like a, a long minutes. song anyway. Right. Okay. Yeah. You know, I mean that is a think about it a wrestling entrance lasts what a minute mm -hmm. normally yeah right so like to hear like however long that song is like and one thing. of the one of the tragic things of watching tr attempting to watch ecw today especially if you're on a network is all those songs are just gone you know <laughs> so like it, nothing oh feels God. like nothing has if you watch on the network nothing feels like the same impact that it had back then you know it's a shame and a lot you know, of it's actually in black and white sometimes they'll uh because you know the color of the blood sometimes is too brutal yep. um they will make it black and white and it's just like I even the music, got the library absolutely though yeah. that like them dubbing the music over like really takes you out of stuff yeah all right so so real quick for you guys, um, we talked about highs and lows. What were um, some of the guys in ECW that maybe you'd put on your not so favorite list, if you had to say? Hmm, interesting. That's a not, you know, it was like more of like a whole whole ass stable, but uh, <laughs> the Baldies. <laughs> in, in ECW, it was a little like, later. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, end days. You know what I mean? But like hated i couldn't stand any of the baldies um that was who the Vito and it was uh it was Vito. it's like it was, a spanish uh, guy well Vito lagrasso was Vito in that Vito lagrasso was in it yeah and right. then it was uh pn news it was uh really pn news was part of that big grimes was part of it oh wow that the Vito dude yeah, yeah. Oh, right. De DeVito. Tony DeVito, I think that yeah, was yeah, or something exactly. like that. Right? Yeah, it was yeah. Tony DeVito. And who yeah. was wasn't there like a Spanish guy? I swore there was. Oh man. Yeah, Angel. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Angel. yeah they all suck. They all yeah, suck. Yeah, they did. Agreed. <laughs> okay. Brutal. Yeah. You guys covered it, but I, I never liked the rotten Ian and Axel Rotten. Oh, yeah. And, that's another one. Yeah. And and public enemy rest in peace. Been for me. All right. And public enemy, rest in peace to them. Yeah. Just not my cup of tea. I did um, like public sure. enemy. Yeah, wow, I was not really? a public enemy. Yeah. You know who I hated, but like in retrospect, I I've learned to love him. But like as a kid watching the show, and I could not stand it was uh, Carino, Steve Carino. Oh, really? I, that was like, John's dude. But that oh. was like that's like that's like heat. I think he just yeah. got real heat off of me as a kid. You know what I mean? Yo, I hated John that. Boy. Loved Steve Carino. That's funny. I was all really in. in on Carino. All in. It's that dusty stuff he was doing. Yep. Mm -hmm. Glad you mentioned that. You know mm -hmm. who was like just that guy there like he was he was good at some points but also like i feel like just incredible was just like there sometimes yeah do you yeah. guys he agree had a like he had, he had a little a run yeah he had a little run as like the champ or whatever like he had some good matches you know yeah but, yeah overall yeah. I had to mention him overall uh, the drizzling shits 
what do you th- uh, Duke, uh for you like anyone stand out as far as eh you know like not my cup of tea any I mean go. sure there were guys that like weren't my cup of tea and stuff but I don't I don't know it was like the island of misfit toys like I was yeah. cool with everybody yeah. being there you know I think every because the baldies were there but like they weren't doing shit yeah yeah right. they were getting beat up by the gangsters or whoever the eliminators you know what I mean mm-hmm. so like the only thing I ever really disliked was like that Mikey Whipwreck shit. Like him yeah, and I can see champion. that. Yeah, I could see that. That's all. Cause like gotcha. Even back then, like I wanted respect on the you're telling me this is a world heavyweight title. Yeah. Right. You know, like why does this jobber have it? You know? Right. And like right. I liked Mikey, like for his little role, but like not as world champion. That's all. But yeah, there's way thing. there for me, there's even just like doing, you know, you go back and do your research and you watch, you rewatch stuff and just talking about it. Like mm-hmm. it makes me realize how much I fucking love ECW when it was around, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, and I, not I for yeah. the violence. Like that was secondary. The storytelling was superb. Yeah. The technical matches were awesome. I think their number one strength was storytelling because Paulie mm-hmm. had that like old school mentality that everybody should have something. And even like, JT Smith, a guy who was the mm-hmm. lowest of low, he had mm-hmm. something. He was a goofy dude that missed his spots, you know, mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. they made something of it. So like one thing I do want to mention, though, on the way out, he's not a favor or anything, but super cool dude that would not have done anything else anywhere. 911. I was yeah. just going to mention him. like him just showing guy. up and choke slamming the shit out of people. Mm-hmm. was awesome that's all he had to do yep that's all that's all he had to do um i wanted to mention really quick on some highs on the way out i definitely want to talk about my my favorite dude but um the tag team division like the dudleys eliminators gangsters public enemy we'll throw them in there pit bulls mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like like the division itself kind of um holds up you know what i mean like it's Absolutely. it's it's not easy to create a tag team division as we see now in the WWE, right? And then you even had like these teams that became teams like RVD and Sabu, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like they became like legendary, you know, but. Even Mm -hmm. before that, like um, Sabu and Taz and uh, Malenko and Benoit were a team there. Like, um, like we said, the Rottens, um, Dean and his his brother were a tag team there for a little bit. Like there were so many tag teams that your 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 boy Danny Dorian and Roadkill. Ah, yeah, dude, I literally was gonna yeah. say low key a group I loved was Danny yeah. Doring and Roadkill. I, I know you them. like them. Yep. nice, nice. Oh, you know what we gotta mention because oh, it was a phenomenal. Oh yeah, yeah, the FBI. Yeah, we gotta mention um because it was a fucking phenomenon, and I'm not gonna tell you I thought it was cool i actually didn't really love it but i gotta give it props al snow and the head oh yeah, yeah. i mean yeah that was a thing dude that I had, was i had that head deal. mannequin from a wwe show i mean yeah. i might still at my mom's house honestly like i never i don't remember getting rid of it so mm-hmm. it's probably still there look how over he got you know you never know what will get you over in wrestling yeah. and it was him and there's the mannequin an, head. there and there's another there's a perfect example once again like he was fucking leaf cassidy yeah, right. He was a new rocker, a new and rocker. he came the ECW, and the crowd gave him a chance. And look what the hell happened! Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen mm-hmm. that, look that match up. It's mm-hmm. uh, 
Lance Storm and a mystery partner against Chris Candido and Shane Douglas and holy shit, that crowd. Mm -hmm. So glad you you just mentioned. Oh, well, there you go. I'm glad you mentioned Candido uh, because I just wanted to mention him on the way out as far as the triple threat, because that's something else iconic they created is one of the coolest stable names ever, triple threat. But Mm -hmm. they were like a legit cool stable, like Bam Bam, Candido, Shane Douglas, like Mm -hmm. with Francine, I thought they were pretty badass for a stable you know they were yeah they were for sure Um, i mean they had you know like the the world champ the dude that could work like candido mm -hmm. was really good and then you had this monster like what else right and bam bam another guy you know another guy who was like established guy you know but then he came to ecw and like did really cool shit with taz like legendary stuff with taz moments he had was like he had really Mm -hmm. great moments oh yeah Mm-hmm. And won the world title, which he mm-hmm. was never mm-hmm. even sniffing in any yeah. other company, you know? Right. Um, I'm going to mention just a couple guys that popped in my brain right now that, like, had a quick stint there. But um, then we'll, we'll, we'll kind of wrap it up. Do you guys remember, like, Sid briefly? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Judge Jeff and, Jones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Scott Hall. Yeah, with, Briefly. with the with the Fuji song. I was yep. just watching that like recently. His like him coming out to that. It's so cool. It's cool to see. Apparently they had he like the locker room didn't like love the idea of Scott Hall being there, but to me that's okay. so cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's I just that's because he's a fucking huge star. Yeah, superstar. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Right. Um, so sounds for familiar, you guys, doesn't it? <laughs> right. Who would you say um tops the list for you guys what what tops the list who tops the list like a match this is where frank's list is it's my favorite shit ever because frank's favorite ecw guy isn't in his top 10 it's lower than his ecw guy it's yeah it's all right yeah 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 uh because my number one is sabu easy Mm -hmm. money my number two hold on wait 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 Sabu and then easy money's number two no, no, not easy money. <laughs> my bad. I was thinking no, the same uh, thing. No, so my number two Confederate is uh, currency Chris Hamrick. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. My number two is uh Rob Van Dam, and Duke loves to fucking point out that I Rob just think Van- it's funny. I love Rob you. Van Dam. I just think it's funny. Is ranked higher in my all-time pro wrestler list than Sabu's not even top fucking twenty-five. All no, 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 no. That's not true. I when is we he just twenty-five. Sabu, yeah, he was like number twelve. Yeah, yeah. I think I had yeah, yeah. I think I had like RVD eleven and then Sabu twelve. Wow. (laughs) We'll we'll have to check that. Yeah, yeah. it gets it gets flip flop for your all time list. Yeah, for my all time because Sabu because RVD had a WWE run that was notable. You know what I mean? And like that's what overall. But when it came to those ECW days, I was a Sabu guy, no doubt Mm. about it. Dude, what tops the list for you as far as like anything ECW match, feud, wrestler, time? event anything well feud like i said it's raven and dreamer for me mm-hmm. yeah they just yeah. did so much cool memorable stuff like there were so there's so many moments that i remember with them like that are like i don't want to say iconic but you know iconic in the realm of ecw i'll say that right um right, right. and there were just to once again talk about guys that like came through there jerry the king lawler came through there mm-hmm. had an oh, awesome so cool. nuclear yeah. heat with yeah. tommy dreamer super cool mm-hmm. arn anderson came through there 
Mm-hmm. Bobby Eaton came through there. Mm-hmm. Ron Simmons came through mm-hmm. there. Like so many people, like even if it was for a brief little, you know, a match, a night, mm-hmm. whatever. Like, yeah. Um, my favorite all-time ECW guy, and it will probably come as a surprise because like he's not in my top probably not i mean not top 20 for sure but again it's ecw so it's like a different world like i fucking loved taz in ecw mm, that's Mm. like i thought his promos were the shit Mm. i thought i believed that he could beat any seven foot dude up i remember he cut this promo um talking about the rock and hogan who were like their respective champions. And he was like, you know, come here, I'll show you like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like saying, and I believe it. I'm like, yeah, man, Taz would fuck both of those guys. Yeah. Up, you know, like, so Taz is my number one for sure. I do nice. want to say my, my favorite tag team there is probably Sabu and RVD, even though I feel yeah. like that's like a, a cheaty. Yeah, cheaty that's how I feel. Yeah, they weren't but... long enough. But second would probably be the Eliminators. Nice. Yeah, they're total elimination, man. One of the best tag finishers ever. And We've favorite talked about ballet that. is obviously Francine. Yeah, right. Really? I love because well, hold on. Does Sunny count? Always. Uh, Tammy Sitch. Ta- Tammy Lynn Sitch. Yeah, but she's not sitch. she's not EC dub or like oh really yeah, you we'll just I mean? say I, Francine, but Sonny, you know I love you girl. Yeah. Well even um, now. Even now, okay. So for me, um, I definitely would put tops, tippity tops, RVD, because when I channel 48, bring it back to the beginning, you're watching this stuff. I talked about Bam Bam throwing spike out. Do you remember that RVD? Was so cool. That was amazing. Crazy. Yeah, when he friggin' jumped across the damn arena. Is that what you're yes. talking about? That yes. was insane, dude. Yeah. My mind blew They would as a show kid. that like you, you were talking about, like the commercials the and ads, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was insane. It I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Like it, uh, it was so new to me, but his athleticism, man, like, dude, he was so effing good. The whole effing show wasn't the champ wasn't ever the world champ and it was amazing when you think of that right like longest tv title though right wasn't that what it was the longest tv title yes which is super cool right in its own uh in its own right but rvd was my favorite part of ecw one of my favorite guys ever but um i think about lately because i've been watching these biographies wwe a and e mick foley like his little stint there i think man like it's Definitely not underrated. It might even be overrated, but it should be yeah, yeah. paid attention to because, like, he oh, was yeah. so good, man. Like, Mick yep. Foley was so effing good then. He's a complete to zero show now. you too, like, because I think it's unfair. Ric Flair, who obviously I love him, but like, he's talked badly about Mick Foley in the past. Like, yeah, right. You know, he's a stunt man. Blah blah blah. Right. Like, that's bullshit. Like, yeah, yeah, it is because Mick Foley could talk his balls off, arguably as good as Ric Flair could. Any angle he was involved in was interesting. And in ECW, he denounced hardcore wrestling. Yeah, he right. refused to do that shit for a time. So, yeah, that was that's his gimmick. Bullshit. Yeah, I think is... they've since made their 
their piece obviously, they have and that's awesome you know mm-hmm. but like it's just i always thought that was unfair of flair yeah because we, yeah. we want to be fair to flair but we also we, don't want to be unfair <laughs> to Nick right exactly exactly but i had to mention mick foley but it in 2000 stuff started to get weird mike awesome like made a, a weird surprise appearance on nitro but he was the ecw champ it was like it was getting super weird the whole year the tnn deal that they had went downhill they struggled for months ecw did and um december 30th 2000 hardcore tv aired for the last time January 7th, 2001, Guilty as Charged was their last pay-per-view. And then um, in January of 2001, January 13th, was the end of the road for them. They had to kind of cancel everything. Paul Heyman was like already eased into his cushy job in WWF as a color commentator. There's the stories of guys that weren't paid, ranging from like $2 to 150 grand. I believe it was RVD was owed the most money. Um all in all, like after ECW closed his doors, Paul Heyman, he was he was a okay, right? Like he Yeah, yeah, he did fine. He he did just fine. And uh his legacy lived on. The ECW legacy, uh, it was sort of rekindled. We'll have to save that for another day, uh, the WWE version. But real quick as we get out of here, go ahead, Frank. Sorry. No, I was gonna say, like, even before we get into like that WWE ECW, but just those one night stand shows that they did before that, you know, were like yes, such, yes. they were great ECW shows, you know, and they were just held by the WWE, but like the crowds were hot. There were some WWE superstars, but like the moments made from them, Rey Mysterio and Sabu had like a crazy ass match. The John mm-hmm. Cena RVD is obviously like this iconic moment for RVD is yep. like a legacy. <laughs> and that crowd was amazing. I think that's match, an so. iconic match in wrestling. History. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I agree. You know, and it's just mm-hmm. like, you know, it just shows like the impact that 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 like imagine WWE just doing a straight up WCW show or something. You wouldn't you wouldn't see it. You know what I mean? Like it just wouldn't be like a thing, you know, but they did it right. for ECW because it's had right. such an audience that they knew they could back it. And, you know, it, it, it's just like the legacy that they like left, you know, all the copycats that came mm-hmm. from them, XPW being like the most blatant just straight yeah. up copycat um the who are still doing shows now i, I was i was just oh, watching wow. some, somebody at a show recently um you know so it's just like i just think like you know ecw's like run is so legendary for such a short period really when you think about it yeah no you're absolutely right and um that manhattan center i think they held it in there so they had all the fans still it was bloodthirsty at bischoff in there i think it was maybe that wasn't the first one but mm-hmm. it was uh tense and they sold they like they sold me on that just by mentioning like a one night only. You can't do that with anyone else. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we'll get out of here on this because ECW, like you said, when something hardcore happens, they're still chanting it today. It's all these years later. Mm-hmm. It originated in our backyard here in Philly. So we ha- it has a special place in our hearts. Um, hope everybody enjoyed the memory lane with ECW. It's a little out of the blue, but guess what? Um ECW, I think. We could probably talk a whole year about yeah, like we yeah, could recap yeah. a whole year about ECW. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot we didn't tackle. So we'll get into it. Um <laughs> next week we're gonna be talking about actually WCW's making a oh, is that cactus? Sign cactus. That looks like Sign a sign. Man. Love it. Guys, watch cactus jack stuff in ECW. It's if you can find it. Obviously, watch any RVD stuff. Go back and watch the origin, like the original promo by Shane Douglas when he trashed the NWA title. 
If you never watched ECW, if you're a new fan, guys, where what what's one thing they should watch? Mm. Tough one. Put you on the spot. I think honestly, like I would watch that Shane Douglas promo because that's okay. that's the genesis of Extreme Championship Wrestling, and mm-hmm. I think that promo. I always liked that but i watched it fairly recently even before just i was in an ecw mood and it's it's really good man yeah don't watch the uh barbed wire um stuff with <laughs> yeah. funk and Zabu if unless if you're squeamish if don't you're watch a sick the... freak like frank watch right it. don't watch the vic grimes new jack don't watch the crucifixion don't watch uh <laughs> A lot of the the um, oh, stuff. Oh man, mass we have to and say that. this, and that I'll talk about ECW for four hours. But when Cactus and Terry Funk are in the ring, and the fans throw the chairs oh. into the oh, ring, oh my god, classic! That is thank you, an iconic ass mm-hmm. moment in ECW. Just we Google talk that. About this for yeah, we could talk about this for four hours. Just go watch all of ECW. Go watch yep. it. Just all. watch it all. Watch it ECW, all. ECW Hardcore TV and every pay per view. You guys should watch. This is true. You guys should watch Survivor Series 1987 because we're going to be doing a recap, a rewind, a retro, you know, retroactive sort of discussion about the event next week, next Friday. That'll drop where teams of five strive to survive. Yes. And uh, before that, before that, we'll be talking about AEW full gear or public enemy, specifically Johnny Grunge, Rocco Rock. I've been Jason. <laughs> um, How do you not... like my shirt? <laughs> it's been real. EC dub, EC dub. It'll probably live forever. Hopefully we do. But until then, see you guys. Peace possible. out. Bye. Immortality. Cheers. <laughs>